We continue our AFC North positional top fours. We do the cornerbacks here today. Is Denzel Ward the top cornerback in the AFC North? Is Greg Newsom worthy to be on this list at this point? All that and more. Jeff Lloyd, Garrett Bush on your latest Locked On Browns. You are Locked On Browns. Your daily Cleveland Browns podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome back, my friends, to the show that never ends your daily delivery of all things Dog Pound LGB on ELOB, the Locked On Browns podcast. Your host, Jeff Lloyd, Mr. Garrett Bush, part of the Ultimate Cleveland Sports Show, and, you know, make it through your week here on Lockdown Browns. Go in tomorrow morning, get a trim at the barbershop, 92.3, the fan. Garrett Bush will be in the house. Uh, we've been talking positional rankings here uh, last few days on Lockdown Browns, and again, as we've ascended here to YouTube, please, everybody, make sure you subscribe to that, over 300 thus far. Let's please keep that going. I appreciate the support from uh, you know everybody who's still audio listeners as we begin this new venture, and of course everybody who makes Locked On Browns their first listen. So we decided we're going to go to the cornerback position here today. Um, it was I, I think for Garrett and I the top three. It, it went seemingly, and mm-hmm. then there was some thought into who is the fourth best cornerback in the AFC. So that's going to make for an interesting. Uh, you know, certain debate on that positional group. Um, like we've done for, with this one, you know, I'll, I'll let Garrett get it started. You know, we'll get his comments. We'll get my comments here. Um, we're going to later on in the show, we got a few listener questions. Uh, we've got our first guest coming in Monday, and we're, you know, certainly swinging for the fences with that one. We'll get to all that later in the show. But lead us off here, Mr. Garrett Bush. Uh, yeah, man. You know, we've been doing this little series. And, um, you know, one thing that when you're doing a series like this, uh, it it, it kind of gives you uh, an exercise in in figuring out who's what and who's where. Because one of the things that we do often uh, when we talk about sports is we always say everybody's top five. Oh, you know, that guy over there, he's top five. <laughs> and until so you start extrapolating and writing the names down, you realize, whoa, that guy may not be in the top five you just everyone says it but but when you put it on paper it's a little different so as we were going through the cornerback position you know uh, me and you probably look, uh, had a little eye-opening situation just looking at man the AFC North really ain't got corners like that they got a couple guys here or there but it's not loaded at this position uh as as we were talking about the edge rushers uh a couple of days ago I'll just jump in real quick you just saw the addition yesterday with the Eagles you brought in James Bradbury this is a team that's already got Demetrius Slight those two guys alone would probably be in the top four in the AFC North, and they're on one team. But go ahead, Jay. Hey, listen, no, no doubt that you know those guys would definitely be on this list. Uh, coming in at number at number four, we had a little bit of um, a conundrum. We didn't want to see my homers here, but we got Greg Newsom coming in at number four. Your other option for that would be Joe Hayton. But to me, Greg Newsom is definitely a better cornerback at this point in his career than. than um then joe hayton uh joe hayton is a guy who he's gonna play zone he's good in zone he'll get you um get you some some, be in position and you know maybe knock down a couple footballs but in terms of if you're gonna put joe hayton on a prime time number one receiver and ask him to follow him around the field 
That's not his forte. You got to scheme some stuff up for Joe Hayden. Even when Joe Hayden was here in his prime, there was times where that wasn't a thing. Like, we were like, oh, goodness, Joe Hayden getting picked on today. So, you know, he's been with the Steelers a few years, and he had a couple good years ago uh, last year, the year before that, uh, you know, getting some interceptions uh, and and kind of looked like he went to the fountain of youth. But as far as Greg Newsom is concerned, I thought he played really well last year. I thought for a rookie, um, he competed. Even when he got beat, he was always in position, either to, to try to knock the ball down, to go out and high point and intercept the football, and he was just a guy that I felt like had a lot of the raw tools in, in available to him in order to be a top-notch corner. And, uh, and I believe Greg Newsom uh, is, is in that top four, top five in, in the uh, as far as the cornerback rooms is concerned. And I really think he's going to take another step forward this year. And then the next year, this, this whole – when we do it again next year, we won't have the same uh, question marks. Maybe he might be in that top two or that top three next year. I think the thing that you know was most impressive for me about Greg Newsom last year, um, and it was every week maybe you saw a different facet of the game, whether it was coming up being physical on a receiver catching a shorter route, coming up and run support. Um, you know the intelligence of you know understanding if he did get beat by somebody on something, he was extremely quick to correct it. It didn't seem to be that there was ever the second you know a second commission of the same mistake. Really, really was an intelligent player. Um, another one was uh, the Cincinnati game when the uh, Browns won in Cincinnati. There was a deep ball. I don't, I don't remember if it was Chase or it was Higgins, but it was literally a 45, 50-yard route, you know, deep, skinny post down the center of the field. He was stride for stride, perfect, didn't lean in, didn't hold, kept the show back shoulder behind, tipped it away. And, I mean, look, to be able to cover somebody at that great of a distance, a lot of things can go wrong. Like everybody goes to the senior bowl and like, wow, look at that. The one-on-one he had 975 square feet to work with. And he found like, you know, I mean, but now that to cover somebody that far down the field and impressive is that Greg Newsom is going to be a special, special talent. And I think that one thing that some questions old people have always had with Denzel Ward has been the fact that, you know, maybe he's a little bit undersized. Okay. Well, this makes it for a perfect pairing, you know, Greg Newsom, taller, a little longer, you know, obviously. And, you know, just like Denzel lean, the two of them, maybe they always need to, you know, Go to mama's house, get a little more weight on those bodies. Get a um, couple but sandwiches of, and get that yeah. home cooking around the holidays. Y'all need it. All you yeah, need yeah. It. you gotta make that like a Friday night affair, boys. You know, pack them on before you're ready to go on Sunday. But you know, I think this sky's sky is the limit for Greg Newsom. No turnovers yet to this point, but you believe that something's coming. Um, just plays the game really, really athletically. And I love the fact that any mistake he does you know make, you he's it doesn't seem like it happens again. And that's been really, really impressive. We're going to move on here. And uh, there is a, you know, it's interesting because <laughs> um, representation, the way it's going to work on this list is, you know, a, a little, uh, <laughs> a little heavy here. <laughs> a little heavy at the top, right? A little heavy, but see, here's the thing though. Um, I'm not afraid to do that. Um, I, one thing I don't like doing is spreading, spreading the wealth just for the simple fact of just spreading the wealth. You know, you got to earn your position in the game. Ain't so. no particip- participation trophies in nah, this. <laughs> no, not over here. <laughs> so, you know, we, we talked about this one. Marcus Marcus Peters, he was a guy that was injured last year. Um, and I think the, the Ravens had a lot of injuries. They had, they had In their secondary, uh, Gus Edwards hurt, J.K. Dobbins was hurt. It, it, Lamar Jackson was hurt. It just seemed seemed like they were just falling apart throughout the season. Uh, and it started early in the season during training camp. So, but, you know, when he's on the field, Marcus Peter is a, Peters is a, is a really solid, borderline, 
all pro corner. Um, there's some some game some years he he looks like he could be an elite corner. Some years he's he has you know takes a few steps back. But in general, I like Marcus Peters. I think he's a guy um, that can you know play zone. He can play man. I think he's you know he he has good ball instincts and he he's one of those typical Ravens guys who you know always seems to play better with Baltimore. Um, but if they go somewhere else, you're like mm, I don't know if Marcus Peters is that cold. I don't, I don't know if he's the man like that, but. You know, it just goes to show you if he's coming in at third, uh, the, the the type of corners that are in this division. Um, we haven't heard anything from the Steelers yet. We haven't heard anything from the Bengals yet. So, you know, we'll, we'll be anxious to see what those uh, top two positions hold. But um, I do believe that the AFC is very top heavy when it comes to corners. Um, and I think there's a much better distribution of, of talent throughout the other positions. Offensive line is a big one. We'll watch when you see that offensive line is a big one. Uh, also coming up with uh, quarterback. Quarterback will be the, one of the most difficult ones we do here, but we'll, we'll get into that. What are your thoughts on Marcus Peters? The thing I've always loved about Marcus Peters, and, and this is where players can get away with things. Look, if you get beat sometimes, that type of thing, it happens. But are you a guy that can find the ball? And with Marcus Peters, Marcus Peters' ability, and there would be other guys in camp like, oh, man, I would get chewed out if I did that. Oh, yeah? Well, have you ever had seven interceptions in a year? You ever take in, you know, two pick sixes to the house in the same year when when you gamble and you win sometimes like Marcus Peters does, other things are forgiven. And, you know, and I, I can't remember you know, the amount of times and it was with whatever team he was with. And there was always a time where it was a tight game, shootout game, late in the game. And all of a sudden here came the Marcus Peters pick six. Uh, you pair him with a player like Marlon Humphrey, who was a strong physical guy in coverage. Um, that allows even more for a guy like Marcus Peters to be, you know, the river boat gambler type of cornerback that he is. You know, sometimes it, you know, comes up snake eyes, but sometimes it certainly works out in his favor. Marcus Peters, you know, his playmaking ability um, as far as just doing his job, what you get after the fact with the playmaking ability, uh, you know, the play of the ball, just a special, special player. And he certainly deserves merit on this list. Yeah, just looking at it, uh, let's talk about his his interceptions. Going back to 2015, he spent from 2015 uh, all the way into 2017 with the Kansas City Chiefs, um, and then he split time between the Rams and Baltimore moving forward. But go back and look at his his uh, his stats: eight eight interceptions, two touchdowns in 2015. He comes back with six picks uh, in 20, or excuse me, six picks in 2016, 2017. He still had five interceptions, right? Uh, he got three interceptions in 18, three in 19. Um, actually, I lied to you. He didn't have three interceptions in 2019. He had five. Because he got so, traded. Yep. Yep, he had five. And and you look at it, he also is forcing fumbles. In 2017, forced three fumbles. Um, and the touchdowns are there as well. 2017 scored on, on a touchdown. He scored three touchdowns. Um, between the uh, L.A. Rams and the Baltimore um, Baltimore Ravens, so, I think his first Raven. I think his first game as a Raven was in Seattle, and he took Russell Wilson for a pick six. Yep. So you can see, as you can see, he he's a ball hawk. He's a guy who has production, um, and he's deserving of of that with that type of production on the list. Uh, no question about it. And for me, those actually for uh, those corners, I love. Yeah, I, the technically sound guys, Denzel Ward, Greg Newsom. I love watching those guys. But, you know, it, it's, you know, the corner that talks a little bit, you know, and then obviously when he gets his opportunity, makes a play, and then all of a sudden, yeah, 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 yeah. Hate to play against you, Mark P Marcus Peters, but, but uh, you know, certainly enjoy watching Marcus Peters. 
As we've been talking about the fine folks at Built Bar, but we got something special. I love brownies, but you know what I love even more? The brownie batter. Sometimes I eat half the batter before my wife and girls can actually get it in the oven to actually make them into brownies. Imagine if you could lick the brownie spatula clean and get some protein in. You're in luck because Built has a new creation, and this one is better than ever. The brownie batter puff. You heard me right. This puff takes protein bars to a whole new level, and they are available right now on Built.com. Have you tried the Built Puffs yet? I'm not sure what you're waiting for. Puffs are a chocolate-covered marshmallow protein bar. That's right. Delicious flavored marshmallow covered in 100% real chocolate. 140 calories, 17 grams of protein, and only 7 grams of sugar. Brownie batter puffs are the perfect pick-me-up for any day. All Built Puffs are covered in 100% real chocolate. That means with Built, you can eat healthy and actually enjoy doing it. And they are made with collagen protein, which your body absorbs more efficiently and provides tons of health benefits. The Brownie Better Puffs will have you completely forgetting that you're eating a protein bar. No need to pinch yourself. This is real life. Go to Built.com to get Brownie Better Puffs now. Go to Built.com. Use promo code LOCK15 and get 15% off your order. Again, promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at Built.com. We're going to continue here and uh, going through the top four cornerbacks in the AFC North. To this point, Greg Newsom at number four. Number three, Marcus Peters and his outstanding playmaking ability to be the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, we're going to get to some listener questions here. We got a guest we're very, very excited for on Monday, so we're going to let you all know kind of about that. Um, continuing up here the list, um, and we told you this is going to be weird the way this fell, and, you know, there wasn't basically a lot of, you know, tickets around the AFC North, you know, to this top four party, so to say. Marlon Humphrey um, from the Baltimore Ravens comes in at number two, and you'll get both of our thoughts here. But, Garrett, the thing with a player like Marlon Humphrey, um, it's the physical right off the bat. You know what I'm saying? He's doing everything he can to not even let you get into your pattern. Mm -hmm. um, again, he is another one with the, you know, looking to strip the ball every time he's engaged. Um, very easily, if you told me in a few years Marlon Humphrey was going to be a full-time safety, it would make a lot of sense um, just because that's the way he plays. Very, very intelligent corner. Um, and maybe as he goes to lose a step or two, the Rod Woodson effect where he went from being a top corner to being a top safety. I can see that with Marlon Humphrey right and, now. And, and another thing too, Charles Woodson, he reminds me a lot of yep. guys that came into the league and you're like, okay, he's a natural progressor. I even thought he played safety. I thought he played safety because it just seems like the what they do kind of moving him around a lot. He seems to be playing back deep, but I totally agree with you. Uh, he he's a guy who I think can definitely move to safety and, and see him do that in the future. So you know, he comes in here, and it's you know it's a different type. You know, he's not the straight coverage guy. Does it more of a physicality? Um, you know, a lot of times with his size and length, he's bigger than the receivers he's covering. So we talk all the time about you know how does so and so corner at his size cover a wide receiver? Da, 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 da. Well, what do you do when you have a corner built like Marlon Humphrey, traditionally a safety? You know, covering five foot ten players, it's hard for them to get off their breaks. He's extremely physical, really intelligent player. Always you know willing. Uh, he's always been really really. Uh, diligent again about you know, forcing fumbles, trying to force fumbles. A certainly a guy that runs his mouth a lot. So him and Marcus Peters make for a nice, nice tandem in that Ravens secondary. Um, but this, you know, pretty cut and dry. You know, once we got past the Newsom selection, we were pretty sure who were you know the top three cornerbacks in the AFC, Garrett. 
Yeah, I, I, I totally uh, knew what it was with, with Marlon Humphrey. I, I thought he was a great pick. To be honest with you, he could, prob- he could probably be number one on this list. Uh, it, it, different styles just, than number one, but yes. Yeah, he could be, and plus he, he's coming off an injury, uh, which is a little bit of a serious injury where he missed a lot of time last year. But Marlon Humphrey, I, I thought, could could be a number one on the list. But we went with the number one cornerback overall, Denzel Ward. Um, obviously, he's coming up. He got the big extension. Uh, he's a guy who I thought had a really nice year. Um, last year, all pro year, I think I think he got back to what we were expecting from Denzel Ward. Uh, and I remember when Denzel Ward came out as a rookie, one of the biggest, uh, uh, I guess, highlights in my mind was when that game in the first game of the season, we're playing the Ravens at home, or no, excuse me, the Steelers at home, and and he jumps two routes from Ben Roethlisberger. I mean, one of them was just great instincts being in zone coverage and just reading his eyes and making a play on the football. I don't even think you're supposed to be in that that type, that place in the field. When I saw that, I said, man, this dude is, this guy's instincts are, we're going to have one of the, uh, you know, the best in the league. Maybe this is a Revis, um, Namdi when in his prime. And then he had a couple of years where it was a little bit left to be desired. He's, he had injuries the next year. We called the team hamstring. Everybody had a hamstring injury. Uh, Greg, uh, you know, we, we I remember him and Greg Williams going back and forth. <laughs> Greg Williams is telling them, if you don't learn how to tackle right, you're going to get hurt. Uh, so the injuries have always been kind of a thing for uh, Denzel Ward. It's always, always been something they're hanging over him. I think last year he he bounced back in a major way, and I think that's why the Browns were not apprehensive about giving him that deal. Um, they were able to sign him to a long-term contract, and I think him and Marlon Humphreys played two, two different uh, styles of game. One thing that you can tell with Denzel Ward, because he is that fast, you never really quite see him getting destroyed deep like that. He may give some stuff up underneath, but as far as them beating over the top, beating him over the top with speed, it's kind of hard to do. Um, Denzel is, is a really legit flyer. And if you look at it, Denzel uh, mixed with uh, Greg Newsom, uh, you look at the Pittsburgh Steelers uh, wire, USA Today wire, it says, you know, they got the Browns coming in as the it's second best secondary um, behind the Baltimore Ravens. So I'll take their word for it. Um, we got uh, we, we got your boy Denzel Ward coming in at number one. Thoughts on Denzel? And keeping on with that rookie stretch, though, um, you know, I, I believe it was week three against the Ravens. Blocked the field goal right before halftime. Keep in mind, the Browns won that game, uh, you know, in overtime. Um, then week four was the Thursday night game. That was the birth of Baker Mayfield. Denzel Ward had a tremendous strip um, deep in the, you know, Jets. The Jets were, you know, inside, like, you know, the 15, 20 yard line. Uh, that turned out to be a consequential play in that game. Um the one thing is, you know, it, when Denzel is a dinged up or, you know, dinged up and can go or Denzel is out, obviously it, it hurts this team. There's no way around it. Um, the level of play that you saw this year uh, and the consistency, um, you know, week one against Kansas City was 35 yards down the field. I believe it was Tyreek Hill. You know what? He had the coverage, made the play, incredible play. Uh, the long uh, pick six against the Cincinnati Bengals where, you know, Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase at that point were literally just punishing anybody that came up against them. You know, the Browns took some lumps on that drive, obviously, since, you know, Cincinnati got down there. But, you know, deep Jamar Chase and Joe Burrow, who have this incredible relationship with each other. So basically he fooled the two of them into believing they had something that they didn't have. Um, Obviously jumped it, 
took it to the house, you know, turned the whole momentum of what that game is. Um, I do agree, you know, look, there could be a case here where they're Humphrey or Peters could be, but we're talking about basically, you know, this is a recency bias type of thing. Who do we think played the best in 2022? A maybe from the Bengals would deserve a mention. It's not really always been, you know, um, with him a consistency thing, but you know, and part of it was Wuzier was mo mostly like later in the season, postseason. This is maybe the body work of the 20, uh, 2021 season, but you know, I. I, I'll say it confidently that I, Denzel Ward is the best cornerback in the AFC North. He was, you know, paid handsomely because he is the best cornerback in the AFC North. It's something I'm more than comfortable with. Denzel Ward is a hell of a player. Um, I think the Browns to get this deal done, whatever you think of the contract, it was consequential because you know what you have at one. And this obviously get it gave you the flexibility to say, we can bring in another young guy who's cheaper because we know what Denzel is going to do for us. You know, once you can do things like that, Miles Garrett here, Denzel Ward here, it may look like there are some holes there, but those guys and what they're capable of, it makes it a lot easier to say, all right, well, he can do these things if I want to do it this way because Denzel will do that. Or, but this guy's good at this, so we'll just have Denzel do what he's not good. There's just so many things you can do with Denzel Ward. You know, he plays well close to the line of scrimmage. Obviously, he can get downfield and long coverage. It's just a special, special talent at this point in his career. Totally agree. Totally agree. Um, I think uh, it's going to be a great season. I'm anxious to see, uh, you know, the secondary, how they gel together overall with the with the Cleveland um, Browns. And uh, we haven't even got to the safeties here yet. So um, we'll, we'll be looking at those uh, safety positions uh, later on down the line. So make sure you keep it locked so you can catch all of our position by position breakdowns here on the Locked on Browns podcast. Yeah, we've just been kind of keeping these, you know, like loose. You know what I'm saying? Most of the time, it's like maybe something came up within the AFC North news-wise. So we're like, uh, you know, that, that position, why don't we go that? You know, just seems what every if everybody else is talking about, it's just something else to keep the, you know, your talks and uh, thoughts flowing here. Uh, we're going to get a couple listener questions. We've got a fun, fun guest I'm excited to come in on Sunday. Uh, your host, Garrett Bush, Jeff Lloyd, along for your ride on the daily podcast on Lockdown for your Cleveland Browns fans. The Lockdown Browns podcast. Our partners at Bet Online continue to be the number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. Find all the latest odds, news, and sports developments, including the NBA playoffs, Major League Baseball scores, fights, and even next season's NFL futures. Bet Online is your continued source for all your sporting wagering information from live betting to playoffs esports and more head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action bet online where the game starts so G, I gotta yeah go ahead oh welcome back to the locked on browns podcast make sure you check us out uh make sure you subscribe to the channel jeff lloyd g bush and ability and guess what guys right now you may think all right well what do you what, you know what does this podcast hold what are they coming up to do? What, what things do we got in their sleeve? We encourage you to subscribe right now because right now is the off season. Get into the, the swing of things. Get into that routine and checking us out every day because when the season hits, when training camp is going to hit, we're going to have an opportunity to be bringing you exclusive stuff. We already got some, uh, I guess, coming up Monday we'll tell you about. But we're, we're efforting some of the, you know, the top names in the game to bring you that during the season so right now yeah you know everywhere around the internet you know it's one of those down down cycles during the during the season where you know it's not the draft is over many camps haven't started yet two days isn't here yet 
but make sure you subscribe to the channel so you don't miss any of these great interviews, this great content when the season starts. And this is your place for Browns content, Browns everything, Locked on Browns podcast. Make sure you subscribe. Um, and, you know, look, with Artemis and with everybody, look, it's cabin fever time of the year, man. It's 70, you know, it's 70 degrees, you know. Um, shorts, t-shirts are starting to be the norm. Make sure you get some color though, man, before you start throwing those shorts on a pasty <laughs> white legs, man, at least get away a little burn first people. You're killing me with this, but no, look, it's this time of year. And look, obviously you know, we start to get to go outside, celebrate more, hang with family again. Hopefully you know, let's, we keep trending on that course. Uh, of course. Um, so, you know, we understand, but look, we're going to come out guns ablaze. I guess actually we'll just go to it here before we get to a, a couple of listener questions. Um, you know, she's been making the rounds, obviously, articles through clevelandbrowns.com. I know she's already been on the Ultimate Cleveland Sports Show. Um, yep. So, Garrett, we're excited. Go ahead. Uh, we're going to have – we had her on the Ultimate Cleveland Sports Show. I talked to her yesterday on set. Uh, Aditi Kinkabala, she is one of the best to do it. She's formerly of the NFL Network. Um, she's known – all throughout the ranks as a person who covers the AFC North, not just the Cleveland Browns, done it for years. We are going to have her coming up here on the podcast. I believe that's Monday, right? That will be Monday. Looking very much forward to it. Yes, we will have her on Monday. She's confirmed, so she's she'll be in the building. Looking forward to talk to her. And I think she's really, she, you know, she's such a, a cool individual because – She's just, you know, she's really down to earth. She's a woman who really knows her game. See, there's a lot of misconceptions out there that, you know, women in the marketplace don't have the, you know, the bandwidth or they they don't really know and digest the game the same way men do. That's completely erroneous. I, she came on an Ultimate Cleveland Sports Show, and I think she, she we had our highest ratings, our highest views when she was on. And, and we've had... Maurice Claret on. We've had Joe Thomas. We had Leroy Horde. We've had the Miz. We've had we've had Tim Couch. The names of all names we've had on. She our show yesterday had the highest views. So you know that just shows you what she brings to the table. We're gonna be uh, uh, totally pumped to have her on the Locked On Browns podcast coming up Monday. And like we said, that's not the last time. We're gonna still effort other people, whether that be players, whether that be people in the media, whether that be personalities. We're going to have that here for you, exclusive content. So make sure you get in here, uh, subscribe to that channel, and subscribe to the podcast as well. Yeah, and greatly appreciate it. And, you know, the thing I'm excited, you know, and Aditi has just been somebody I've admired work over the years, and it's the personality while doing it. You know, I mean, you know, it's one thing, and look, we've seen, you know, you would maybe know the names to put to where it's, you know, media members who were, you know, at a certain point doing it because they're getting paid to doing it as opposed to doing it because they truly love it. And that's the difference with someone like her. She, you know, could not be more thankful for the job she has and she wears that on her heart and she just loves what she's doing. So, you know, I'm thrilled that we should have some fun with that one. Um, do I get to a listener question or two here before we close this out Friday locked on Brown's first week in the books on YouTube. Um, so we're going to go. All right. All right. All right. This will be the last Deshaun Watson speaking of this week and hopefully for next week. All right. All right. Garrett Bush, if Watson is suspended for six games, what's the Browns record when he comes in in week seven? What do you think the record would be after six weeks if no suspension comes out this year? Oh, okay. That's interesting. So now, look, we've talked about this a ton. The first four games, we all feel we feel very strongly winnable games. Uh, Carolina, 
the Atlanta's in there, the Jets, obviously Pittsburgh Steelers. Two games after that is when you get to the Chargers and the Patriots. Basically, the old wrestling, you know, business is about to pick up. That's when business is about to pick up. Week five and six, Chargers, Patriots. Um, so if you're thinking if it is no Deshaun Watson first, Garrett, and then if there was Deshaun Watson, what would the record be after those six games? Um, I, I would say after six games, you should be a, you sh- you should be uh, four and two, five and one. Four and two or five or one, uh, if he's not suspended. That that's where I'm looking at. The first four weeks uh are you know to schedule you schedule people did us some some justice here because we've been talking four to six games, maybe eight games or whatever the case may be. You look at those teams, all those teams in the first four have no solidified quarterback. And when you don't have a solidified quarterback, one of the things that you're gonna be looking to do in the first four weeks is trying to find some sort of identity. What do you do best? Where can you manufacture some points? If Deshaun Watson is not suspended, that means he's gone through the whole offseason. That means he's gone through uh, training camp. And that means he's gotten a lot of reps. So I, I believe if he if he's here and he's ready to go, no suspension, four and two at the worst, five and one is more what I'm expecting. Yeah, look, I'm going to say, you know, I think maybe those first four Games should be winnable with either quarterback, even if Jacoby Brissett is playing. Um, look, I mean, you understand there could be a slip up because he is another number two cornerback quarterback in the NFL for a reason. So you know, they're you know, you're not gonna expect him to come out and go guns a blazing by any means whatsoever. So there could be a slip. Um the, the Chargers, Patriots are difficult. I mean, you know, the Browns have made changes, the Chargers have made changes. If you think about it in the grand scheme of things, if the Browns, if that game had gone on later in the season. Um, the Browns lit up the Chargers that day offensively. That was one game where nobody was speaking ill of Baker Mayfield's play. Um, but if the Browns' defense had played in that game like they were playing late in the season, that would have easily been a Browns victory. There's no question around about it. So, you know, which team now with more improvement has you know made themselves even better than they were? So it makes for interesting. New England's always a, you know, a tough one, um, but look, did go to the playoffs last year. Um, a lot of people picked on him for the Mac Jones signing, um, <laughs> and it seemed to work out, obviously, as they went to the playoffs last year. So those games are going to be difficult. You know, the, this Browns team last year got killed by the Patriots. Um, would it be different, obviously, this time around? New quarterback, obviously, you know, with a lot of other new faces. So I think the if it is if it is Jacoby Brissett, you know, and you make it through those four four with W's. I think you're losing both those games. If it's Deshaun Watson, the expectation would be is you're going to win one of those games. So after those six, you know, I think five and one is certainly something that would be, you know, not surprising to anybody in the least. Yeah, no doubt. And and just kind of throw a bow, bow in this really quickly. Um, with Jacoby Brissett, I still would expect him to go at least four and two um and or worst case scenario three and three that that's what i'm looking you still got a run game still got a good offensive line um that that's what be, will be my expectations if, if um he was suspended six games i couldn't agree more but folks it's friday we're gonna start putting a you know this on ice so to speak um everybody enjoy your weekend um of course you know weather's starting to be more and more favorable um so go out you know d- do what you love to do um you know 
as far as, you know, more and more now opening things and getting back to what we were all been waiting for for two years. So, you know, and, you know, enjoy and live up every damn second of it. Appreciate all I appreciate you all for making lockdown Browns your first listen as we've made this transition this week to YouTube the growth of the show with Garrett now being a part full-time here as host and joining me. Um, we've had a lot of fun. I'm sure there's some kinks that still got to get worked out. No messing around. We understand. We understand. Um, you know, Garrett, obviously a ton going on here now. So I'm sure you guys are uh, checking out the ultimate Cleveland sports show. If you're not stay with that, it's, it's, it's a nice relaxed. There's great sports talk, but a lot of more relaxed kind of fun to it. Um, so it's been great, great to watch the growth and development of that Saturday morning, tomorrow, jump on in there, go get your trim, you know, get a, you know, all right for the weekend is Garrett Bush will be in the house at the barbershop, 92.3, the fan, uh, wherever you get your podcast, make sure you're following, subscribe to the locked on Browns podcast, leave those five-star ratings, written reviews, YouTube. Let's keep them subscriptions coming for me, folks. You know, I don't ever hound you about much, but I'm going to beat you up on this one here so we can get those numbers up here over the next couple of weeks. He is your host, Garrett Bush. I am your host, Jeff Lloyd at G Bush 91 at Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lloyd. This has been your day. Daily delivery of all things Dog Pound, LGB on ELOB. Let's go Browns.